And the Oscar goes to Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. Robin Williams has previously been nominated three times. This is his first Academy Award. Oh, man. This might be the one time I'm speechless. Oh, uh, thank you so much for this incredible honor. Thank you for putting me in a category with these four extraordinary men. Thank you, Ben and Matt. I still want to see some ID. Thank you, Gus Van Zandt, for being so subtle you're almost subliminal. I want to thank the cast and crew, especially the people of South Boston. You're a can of corn. You're the best. I, uh, I want to thank the Mishpuka Weinstein, Muzzletoff. And uh, I want to thank Marsha for being the woman who lights my soul on fire every morning. God bless you. And most of all, I want to, I want to thank my father up there, the man who... Uh, when I said I wanted to be an actor, he said, wonderful, just have a backup profession like welding. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. That gets me really choked up, just listening to that. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot has been said in the last few days about the great Robin Williams. Uh, you and I found out together we, yeah. we were in the car driving back from tom arnold's house doing a podcast with him yeah and uh yeah you just get that text and you look down and you don't believe it and you you it's it, it doesn't resonate it does even reading the headlines and reading people say r.i.p robin williams you're like well that can't be right that yeah. can't that 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 can't be true yeah well you just you just wonder why people that bring so much joy to billions of people through their their body of work you know uh, his the charity stuff he did that uh, just his yeah, comedy over comic relief no, he's yeah, comedy but like so i mean touching people with his uh, not just comedy but his dramatic work and just who he is i mean it's like people i can't tell you like down days i would have where i would just youtube a robin williams talk show appearance or watch right. Mrs. Doubtfire is my favorite movie, which I've talked about because, you know, my, man, it came out right, when my, I think a week after my folks split and I was su in such a weird time of like not knowing how to process it or what it mm -hmm. really meant. I hadn't even like talked about it when anybody hadn't been any sort of counseling or, you know, talk about it with your friends of that age. They're more concerned about like, you know, where we're going to get fruit by the foot, not, <laughs> not why your parents aren't together. But sure. That film, like addressed it and then like wrapped it up into kind of a, it was the first time where I, I mean, I was at my friend's birthday party when I saw it and I cried in the theater and then at the end, like felt kind of like it kind of wrapped it up in a way for me. And that's like, that was my first real taste of like, I mean, I was nine years old being like, man, this Robin Williams guy is the best. And it also, yeah. it may, it's a reason Genius. I got into comedy. It's a reason I got into acting because people have always said, what kind of a career do you want? I was like, Robin Williams. 
I want to the, be able because to. the range. Yeah, you, you you saw him do things like Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, and, and I mean, not to bring it all back to that movie, but you pretty much can in that in that movie. He's so funny, so silly, so dorky, but at the same time, able to talk to a kid, a nine year old Adam Ray, who's just yeah. gone through a divorce. And uh, let him know that it's going to be okay. And you see stuff like Dead Poet Society and Goodwill Hunting, for which he won that Oscar that we played the speech for. Hook, I mean, and then Jumanji, the Good Morning Vietnam, Patch Adams, um, yeah, uh, Insomnia, Death yeah. of Smoochies, like so. Death of Smoochies, hilarious. Uh, and like, uh, and he's he had that career that touched everyone in some way, shape, or form. You look back through however old you are. Um, and he did something. Uh, you talked about Good Morning Vietnam. I did. Uh, it was my job in high school to do the, to do the, the morning announcements. I did, me too. For have we talked about that? We I, both. I don't did know, that. but uh, that's kind of cool. If we can find old tapes of both of us <laughs> oh to play God. the podcast, that'd be nuts. Um, but I went to Sunny Hills High School, and uh, me, and my buddy Ozzy, we loved Good Morning Vietnam. So when the announcements came on and the and the light went up, we would go good. Good morning, Sunny Hills. And two teachers got it. Yeah, two teachers were like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> all, these, all, all these kids are like, why, why is he yelling at that us? That C quickly turned to an A. Yeah, exactly. But Robin's just the kind of guy where, like you say, when he was on a talk show, when he got an award, when he was on a red carpet, you just knew. Yeah. You just knew it was going to be good. Um, the, the interactions, you and I have been lucky enough to meet the man. <sighs> man. And both, I mean... Uh, tell us. I'm, I'm gonna tell that story. You tell your story. Yeah. If uh, like I got to do a show in San, in San in San Francisco where Robin lives at a place called the Throckmorton Theater. I'm doing it with Jeff Keith and a couple of the guys. I get off stage. Robin's there, and I didn't know he was there, but he was there in the back. He was watching. I did my act. I got off stage. Robin walks up to me. I've never met him before, and, and he just goes, "Oh my God, Mr. Williams, you're like Prozac with a head." And I laugh and I go, Robin freaking Williams just called me Prozac with a head. <laughs> and if you read my bio, it's on there. Yeah, that, that it, quote will never escape you. Yeah, you it's Robin all the time. It's Robin Williams called him Prozac with a head. Did that's he, that, it, that's in my bio. And, and and how just like he, I don't even think because you hear about these moments all the time where he would you know stop for a picture or or the Norm Macdonald story of. Of him just, you know, before Norm was about to go on Letterman and him, you know, coming in and, and grabbing the phone from Norm and talking to his friend and doing this whole thing like he was complaining about his order at a Chinese restaurant. It's like he gave these moments to people, not yeah. because he knew, like, they're going to love a Robin Williams moment, because he was that, like, selfless and that mm -hmm. that much of a amazing human being to want to connect with just people on all levels. And I think that's why it translated so much on screen. Yeah. And, like, when I met him, it was... uh uh, at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, and I was doing improv, and there was a thing called the Monday Night Jam, where all the students could go to the show, and then like they would basically have a few uh, big dogs uh, from the company on stage that you got to improvise with, and then they mm -hmm. would just you raise your hand, and if you got picked, you got to be on stage for oh, wow. for a half hour and improvise. And Robin Williams popped in that night, Holy and I'm on shit. stage, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like yeah. this is my idol. I'm on stage with them. I'm gonna get a chance to improvise with them, possibly. At one point, I'm just standing in the back watching most of these scenes. I just I'm like literally outer body experience then mm -hmm. he steps forward to start a scene he just starts doing a gibberish like a very passionate gibberish speech where he's like mm -hmm. and i'm like all 
all right, somebody should obviously step in and be like his interpreter, his English interpreter. Right. Because right, he's right. clearly being yeah. that part of the scene. Sure. So I just, I feel myself, my body just move forward. It was almost oh, like God. somebody just pushed me from the back and I just like fling forward. How do you have the courage to do that? Oh, yeah. To see Rob Williams on stage, you go, and yes, I, see I belong. Him look up there. over at me yeah. and, he sa- and he finishes a gibberish speech and then he turns to me uh, as like somebody would to be like right. interpreter. Right. And then I just started saying stuff. I don't remember anything I said. I remember I said something at one point about like, I wish like, Avocado wasn't so expensive at Subway or something, some sort of like <laughs> thing like that to where it, yeah. he, it was it's something short after because the, the, one of his last ones he went on a long, like 45 second gibberish right. rant. And to he, where I was just, just like, ended with, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah, something yeah, it's, like that. yeah, it's a classic joke. It's and, great. Uh, and then I remember I walked back to, we walked to the back of the stage and he comes over and he puts his arm around me like a half hug and kind mm-hmm. of squeezed my shoulder and just had that big Robin Williams like warm smile that just like yeah. made you feel like a million bucks and that you've seen so many times on TV and in movies, and and he kind of just he goes he goes so funny man so funny, oh, and I geez. literally go I don't know what just happened yeah but you're the fucking best and yeah. he, and he gave a and he gave a little Robin Williams laugh and oh. then he squeezed my shoulder again and then and then like I you know that was that that's your that's your life and dude I was just like the fact I couldn't have, I, even if I had just been in the audience watching that night I would have still never forgotten that night but the sure. fact that. He looked at me and said, it's not even about him complimenting me about, no. uh, you know, it's not like that made me go, I am funny. I'm going to keep doing this. It right. was just that like, you got, I got to meet my, the guy who I just, you know, has made me feel so much, uh, and, and made me, uh, on a weird level, like it made me go, I want to do, be in this profession that yeah. so many would probably choose not to, if they knew what it really required and, right. and did to you emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, uh, I, you know, there's countless stories like that that we've been seeing people posting on Facebook or, yeah. or interviews coming out and, and a lot of, sort of his friends, and which is why it's so just crazy to think that there was uh, so much um, pain going on in him that, that he uh, didn't want to be around anymore. Yeah, it's, um, it's mind-boggling that someone that brought that much joy to that many in that level. And you saw it just um, in... Being at the clubs the last few nights, uh, we're we're recording this on a Wednesday, two days afterward. Um, it, like the just the general consensus of all the comics, like there's no comic that was like trying to be that asshole, trying to be like the one that does like a, the the first joke or like you know trying to try. It all it affected all of us. Yeah, we, it, it all put us in that mood. Where we're like, holy god, Robin Williams, and because we all respected him, we all loved him. He had a moment for all of us, and that's why it's so tough too, man. Because like, yeah. it's like, God, he he must have known how much we all loved him, and to know that he didn't love himself, I guess to a certain extent, to to want to yeah. to do that is that's, and that's what like is is so like tough to swallow because it's like fuck, man. Like you, he's the top of the game. You like, can't. But how you does can't somebody that who's right. who like not? I'm sure he did not re- uh, realize, you know, his effect on people. But you right. know, like, like we, um, you know, Doctor Drew was telling us, which, uh, you know, this the in, in just a couple minutes we're going to play a 30 uh, minute interview we did with uh, Doctor Drew Pinsky, who mm-hmm. gave us a lot of uh, really good insight. insight. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and you know, clinical medical analysis on, on you know, uh, what depression, was, suicide, things, uh, yeah, addiction, which was all the things he was struggling with, and it, yeah. and it makes you realize that it was a bigger issue than just him not being happy uh, right there was you know it's a disease man there's stuff um biologically going on with him that that um wasn't 
and treated and, and, and was and also st- not maybe treatable and stuff and stuff that you can't pretend to understand and you can't say blanket statements like you know ah he was yeah he was it was a he was weak or it was it was a selfish act or anything like that um you can't because you weren't you weren't in there you weren't in that head you weren't feeling those things yeah you don't know um the only thing that we do know is that we all loved him and the fact that he's god i can't believe i can i take the sentence the fact that he's gone is heartbreaking and we thank god that we got the body of work that we did and thank god we got the time that we had no kidding man because so you gotta you gotta focus on that like that's just it was something truly magical we got so many good years from him so much stuff to look back on i mean that but you know that being said it's uh it's just the worst it is and um and we implore that anyone out there who is or knows someone that's going through depression um that they don't that they don't treat it lightly because look look what it did to a man that for everyone we looked at him and thought this man had everything and so if you if you or a friend is going through that you don't have to do it by yourself. You can reach out and get help. And so for a guy, that, we, we, yeah. we, and we implore you to. For a guy that that's happy, it's like he's still a human being. I think we put these we put celebrities up on a pedestal that like, yeah. oh, it's Robin Williams. Look how much joy he's bringing. There's no way a guy like that's unhappy. And if yeah. it was, that he wouldn't have people in his circle to help him out. Sure. But there's just you know, like Doctor Drew was telling us, and you'll hear he's like, there's a there's not so many people you know they looked at him and were like oh he seemed depressed but he didn't seem suicidal and there's a fine line of that of, of but you know where you just got to really pay attention when you see the sure the symptoms but um before we play the uh interview with dr drew which uh is really um insightful and and, and interesting and, and yeah helps to shed some light on this that i think a lot of people are um curious to to hear and and, and learn about um brad and i uh there's too many moments sound bites clips sure. movies to even like you know um bring up that we want to share that are some of our favorite robin williams moments but we found Here's a, couple. a couple yeah um brad's is a uh a, a clip from his stand-up mm-hmm. uh and mine is a clip from uh from my favorite movie mrs doubtfire uh so we're gonna end this little uh portion of it playing these clips and then yep. uh and then enjoy a uh 30 minute uh, uh interview with our friend uh drew pinsky robin williams rest in peace we love you. Love you, man. Can I help you, man? Oh, sorry, I'm late. But after all those scotches, I had to piss like a racehorse. Mm. Daniel? Yeah? Why in God's name are you dressed like a woman? you to meet the host of your new show. Host? Euphigenia Doubtfire, dear. I specialize in the education and entertainment of children. Surprise! How drunk they get, they could wear a skirt and not dare! <laughs> and now they can invent a sport like golf. Here's my idea for a fucking sport. I knock a ball in a gopher hole. Oh, you 
mean like pool? Fuck off, pool! Not with a straight stick, with a little fucked up stick! A whack a ball that goes in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like croquet? Fuck croquet! I put the whole hundreds of yards away! Fuck no! Not straight, I put shit in the way! Like trees and bushes and high glass so you can lose your fucking ball and go whacking away with a fucking tire iron! Whacking away and each time you miss you feel like you're gonna have a stroke! Fuck, that's what we'll call it! A stroke, cause every time you miss you feel like you're gonna fucking die! Oh, here's a bit of fact. Oh, fuck, this is brilliant. Right near the end, I'll put a flat piece with a little flag to give you fucking hope. <laughs> but then I'll put a pool and a sandbox to fuck with your ball again. Ah, you'll be there crashing your ass, jerking away in the sand. <laughs> Only do this one time. Fuck no! Eighteen fucking times! So it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and listen to our dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast? Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Well, thanks for uh, doing this. Uh, obviously, yeah, literally, this is, literally, literally. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Um, obviously, doing this uh, under these circumstances uh, sucks. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, um, when uh, Rob Moose uh, passed away, it was uh, Brad. You know, we heard and he uh, he got a text. You know, typical this day and age. Just did you hear what happened? And we assumed it was something. Uh, you know. Tragic, not that it's like national tragedy, like some sort of like maybe he got murdered. Yeah, Yeah, but like I thought maybe he got. I didn't think that it like would it be. The last thing I would have thought is that he did it to himself. Did you know him personally? I met him twice at comedy shows mm-hmm. and uh, had a small interaction with him. I did. I got to improvise with him at the UCB Theater oh, wow. uh, well, once. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And and I'll never. I posted about the story because I was reading so many heartbreaking stories of people uh, that were making me sad. And I was like, you know, there's got to be a lot of positive interactions people sure, had. That the guy, I, I the would guy like that to brought that much joy. Well, I think actually most of the reporting and most of the stories that have been told have been very sensitive because mm-hmm. it literally was a body shot to everybody, which yeah. is kind of an unusual. Who, if you would, right. who knew that Robin Williams had that relationship with everybody? Well, I mean, when you think about his career in terms of the the range that he had, from the dorky, silly yeah. comedies to the most dramatic acting that yeah. you know, Oscar-winning performer, his range was insane. And when you think when when you go through his IMDb page, it's just hit after hit, and and, and not just hit cultural things, right? But a significant dead, like yeah, dead and, poet but, society, but, you know, Google hunting, and all that. It, but for my kids, I mean, he was he was oh, the genie, and yeah. he was uh, Peter Pan, yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah and yeah. Hook. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and they, yeah. they, they it was a very important guy to them. How many? And, and there's not too many people who have had careers that to be thirty plus years in TV and film, and to be global, and to have 
Uh, not that like everyone who's a fan loves every one of his movies, but he's got enough of a body of work that, I mean, find one person who doesn't find, doesn't love something about him or wasn't touched by something that he did. And yeah. you know, other than the, what sort of broke my heart about the story, other than the pain he obviously was in, mm-hmm. was that a man with who has left this kind of legacy was like worried about his career and didn't yeah. feel good about it at the end and was worried about money and stuff that that yeah. just like just choked wait that was me a, up. that was a part of it is that it was i don't know how much it was a part of it but as you the stories are starting to come out now there's more and more i, I thought that would be right because people ask me do you think the fact that his uh his television show got canceled. I'm like, are you kidding that guy? Why would yeah, he give a, why would he, he probably, care? He probably did it as a favor to Pam Dauber or something. Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. Turns out, needed the money. Didn't mm-hmm. want to go on the road because he was depressed probably. Didn't want to go on the road. Yeah. Well, yeah, I heard some yeah. story about him being, doing a movie in Alaska that he was by himself, and he, that's when he started drinking again. This was on the, uh, um, Marin the Mark Marion interview you know, that he did. And is he that was, when he started talking about the drink? Yeah. yeah. See, I, thought, I, I love Mark. And his, uh, that interview is, oh, I, there's, there hasn't been a more, because I've been listening to so many. You know, all his talk show and his press talk and interviews are so, he's on Robin. This is mm-hmm. the most yeah. raw you get to hear him. And he and talks honest. about being in Alaska, and, and he just got so alone and depressed. He was like, why am I up here doing this? Why am I doing this movie? It's, it's a depressing movie. And that's when he started drinking. He started with small bottles of Jack Daniels. And then he goes, next thing you know, I'm hiding bottles. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, obviously we, um, you're an expert in, in all well, this stuff. that's the way it works. And, and that's how it goes. So how, and this is, as comedians and, and living the, the, you know, we're, you know, in a lifestyle that he is, um, had been also living. And I guess. No, the, no, 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 no. You're, you're going to blame the, the industry and the, and the road? Well we're, well, we're just asking if well, the I'm factors. Well, I'm asking if, if those are, obviously. I mean, they don't help, but, but, yeah. but he was a straight-up alcoholic. McKinsey Phillips yesterday told me they used to run together on the streets. You know, they, mm-hmm. they left drugs together just because they were young people in Hollywood. Going, what the what the hell's happening to us? And let's go do some drugs. <laughs> you know, that's wow. what drug addicts do. They do drugs. Yeah. And the alcohol really is what kicked in. It, become, it became his major thing. And then he had 20 years of sobriety. He was an important person in sobriety. Mm-hmm. helped lots of people. Yeah. And when people with two decades of sobriety slip, it's really hard to get them back. Well, I mean, you saw it earlier this year with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he had like 20, but, 25 but that, years. But I blame his death on medic- doctors and medication. He had yeah. Adderall in his room when he died. Mm-hmm. Somebody get- Can we cuss on this thing? Yeah. yeah. You can cuss Somebody gave him that fucking Adderall, and yeah. that's what triggered his whole thing. I'm convinced of it. Mm-hmm. And when people die, I will not be surprised if we hear about some pharmaceutical medicine. Yeah, you were telling me that. Robin, because when people die related to addiction today, right. there's always an addictive pharmaceutical on board. Now, Robin had a very complicated situation. Sure. So it may well not be that, but, but, I, but I wouldn't be shocked if we find that out. What? So the addictive personality he's had from the get-go, you think, and he was yeah. always... Oh, shit, you're and born then, with that. And then how much of the... Um, but then he has some the sort of he, depressive. I, yeah, he had the depression fueled it. He, he see most people start using because they have some kind of childhood trauma that mm-hmm. makes them unregulated. They don't feel okay in their own skin. They have lots of shame. They just can't. Their sense of self is rocked all the time and, and, and fragmented. And so substances make them feel a lot better. And then when yeah. they have the kind of brain that really feel really feels good, they're like, let's game on. Now. And he was such a big cocaine user you yeah, think yeah. that i mean played a role in all of the, uh, all, the ups you, and downs of yeah i mean you saturate your head with these chemicals for long periods of time and you can have some chronic depressions that the complex interplay 
between addiction and, and substance use. Think, but, yeah. but I'll tell you what, you take a long-term sober person, you put them in relapse, they are depressed, wow. and they are ashamed. That's always the so case. So that, that was really heavy at this point. Oh, yeah. that's heavy for them. And, this guy was a really seriously recovering guy, and, and he, had, he had isolated himself from his sober peers, you know, and he just wasn't back in the game. And they don't want to go, their disease doesn't let them back, they don't want to deal with the shame, they don't want to let go, the disease just doesn't want them to go back. And then he went back into Hazleton, right? And yeah. so he, now we don't know where he's using or not using at that point. He was sort of probably in and out. It, uh, I think he described it, and who knows if it was a publicist thing, but as, yeah. as a preventative measure because well, he felt like that he was going to sleep. Mean, yeah. It's zero yeah. meaning. It's zero, okay. zero meaning. Yeah, shut up, Brad. <laughs> no, no, not, that's what they said. Yeah, I mean, it has right. zero meaning. Sure. He went to rehab because he was struggling with his addiction. I don't yeah. know what stage he was struggling at. I don't, know with, I don't know if the depression was threatening his recovery, but he needed some some professional help and he got it and it didn't he didn't stick with it evidently. now so that okay, so it wasn't a michael jackson yeah. type thing where he people weren't uh like he had so many yes men around him no, where they were, nobody was but, stepping no, in anything like that now now mm-hmm. but but then all that's the background right so that's but why the sudden rapid decline because yeah. everyone, everyone was caught off guard it wasn't like he'd been like he'd been kind of isolating systematically and that, that's a bad thing for an alcoholic or a depressed person bad 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 but okay, you know it doesn't mean they're going to kill themselves. Why this sudden deterioration? Right, and that and, and that's something that uh, we all are kind of questioning because well, you, you look at his life. I, I want to hear the autopsy results. I, yeah, so I will tell you that you know the the fact that he had chest surgery and has cardiac disease that makes mm-hmm. the depression sometimes a lot worse and sometimes a lot more unstable. I wonder if at autopsy they're going to find some medical problem that really destabilized his depression. That's what I think. I mean, really? Is, what? what, like, what? I, all, listen, I spent 20 years working in a psychiatric hospital. My primary job was looking at the relationship between medical diseases, medical treatments, and depression. That was so often a problem. Like, you know, what medicine should they be off if we're going to treat their depression? Is the depression because of some underlying thing we haven't figured out yet, like a cancer or a tumor? And I'll tell you, it happened all the time. Do you and think, I can't tell yeah. how often I put somebody up on a treadmill because they vaguely mentioned, yeah, I had some chest pain last week, and they came in with severe depression. Probably, goddamn, we weren't taking them off for chest surgery that afternoon. No wow. shit. And, and sometimes the depression would get a lot better just treating their, their heart disease. Sometimes they would have some Do you some think that's something depression. that a lot of people in the medical field are, and a lot of people don't know is that those things are related? And then... It's so axiomatic to mm-hmm. us in medicine that I was shocked when I started talking about it and people asked me that question. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just, it's just like a temperature. It's like yeah. this is routine Based stuff knowledge, in medicine. Yeah. This is, and then I started thinking, oh my God, we are doing a terrible job as my profession mm-hmm. in educating people about that because everybody I talk to, I mean, everybody, Brad, goes like, huh, what? Yeah. And I have like, no idea. Yeah. Oh, we are. We got. We got some work to do here. Because right. um, somebody who need to be aware of that. In your experience with people who commit suicide, how much? And I've <clears throat> I have four friends over the last three years who have done it. Come on. And, yeah. And That's uh, terrible. One who was like about to be probably like fit, the fifth head of Google. Like this guy's oh, twenty nine, just yeah. too smart for his own good. Finally got is he on. Manic. Somebody bipolar will do that. I, probably a little bit of both. And I, and what I found out <clears throat> from his sisters that he finally got on these meds that gave him like the strength apparently to like steroids to do it to no, the strength to to do it. He was so bummed that he he couldn't even like. What? Uh, oh, you gave, he gave oh, like the, that's the, the strength to go yes, like you I know, know what I have saying. the now I feel good enough to, to to do it. That's an interesting phenomenon that does happen. Wow! So and people literally can't get out of bed, can't muster the energy to go kill themselves, and you yeah. give them yes. enough to feel better. How they go fucked up. Is that? Go do this now. But so wow. what? What yeah, percentage? Crazy? What percentage of people? Are, that's are a just, rare thing. That's rare. Right. Rare, rare, rare. But I mean, mm-hmm. like how how much of I guess with Robin? Do you think it was a, like a two days of just so bad that he's like, all right, I'm doing it? No, I think it was like twenty minutes. No, I mean like. Oh, so I literally you think, think of a switch I think flipped. when you when people hang themselves, it is like yeah. 
boom. It's, it comes on them fast and hard. An overwhelming An feeling. Overwhelming, just, uh, sh- just, just shattering misery. And he's by himself. My, mm-hmm. my friend, old-time psychiatrist I used to hang out with told me, he goes, he, I think when people hang themselves, they're in a sudden psychotic state. They're, their thinking is completely distorted. And, and I, I know a number of patients who would say to me repeatedly, look, I, I have suicidal thinking, but my family, I would never, sure. ever do that. For family, family, friends. Boom. Family, in that moment, they just, that they goes away. Wow. Or, or they feel like a burden to their family or they can't think about it. And them. there's nothing to possibly do. The brain you is just... You sit on them. You, you t- you, you do. Put them in a room where there's nothing they can hang on to or do to themselves. Right. But if you're by you yourself... sit on them for like three days and then they're better. Wow. They get better. They just pass. So, so you think Emotions if he had been, pass, if if he had been around people because he was well, by himself, listen, maybe let us not blame anybody. No, yeah. I mean we're not. You're we're right. not blaming. It's just a reminder: don't isolate. Don't let people isolate that you're in the slightest bit concerned about yeah. anyone's pertains to mood and substance. I think one thing that's uh, sort of confusing everyone is it just seems like the guy has it all, and then depression well, that, yeah. is that powerful. Not only has it all, but 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 brought joy all the yeah. time and seemed to be experiencing joy in front of other people. So many interviews, I feel like you see, what you see is what you get. When you hear him talking, and even in this Marion interview, him talking about the good old days of like yeah. the comedy store and stuff, he sounds like he's genuinely... Uh, Enjoying yes. it, loving it. So yeah, it's not like he wasn't experiencing. And I'm sure yeah. doing these movies, he had a great time. But, but you guys get mm. up on stage and you get that high. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a drug, right? Yes. And just like doing a drug, you get back off. And however you're feeling, I, I, stand, I, I describe stand-up as a drug all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's I've, why I think the, yeah. the nights I'm like, I'm going to take a night off. And then I'm like, I'm at least just going to go hang out at a club. I'm always <laughs> right. fidgeting my chair. Like, i got to be around stand-up. Yeah. And then I'll, i got to get up. i got to talk. I mean, it's yeah, really, really, And then you're around the audience. And the thing that I try to describe to people is that just like a drug, there is a Right, actually does get high before. Yeah, he well, does. Sure. Sure. I mean, right. yeah. I've seen you with your Flintstones vitamins. He snorts them. Jacked on yeah. 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 You can't Obviously, I, I mean, I, I, I just have tanks of Nyquil <laughs> on my back at all times. Keebler cocaine cookies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> soon, soon to be released. Uh, but like the, the thing that I try to describe to people is the come down from stand up is real. Where you go on stage, yeah. you're the king. You have yeah. all these yeah. people laughing, and you're the man. And then show is done. You go back to a hotel room, and you're by yeah. yourself. That's right. That sucks. What other Every job night. has that? That's right. Every that night, no other high job low. has that kind of high low. But 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 a not depressed person would go, "Well, enjoy the highs." <laughs> yeah. Why do you have to focus on those lows? You totally. know you're gonna have right. one soon. Totally. So relax. Uh, but if you're depressive, yeah. what you feel is, "Oh shit, it's still here. Mm-hmm. I can't tolerate this." I think yeah. there's also a pressure that finally got to him of needing to be Robin Williams all the time. That maybe you just get people. People keep talking about that. Uh, I I don't know. That's a piece you'd have to know the man to yeah. really know. Uh, he seemed to like being on all the time. One on one, you're here with Mark Marin. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as you get two people, it's an audience. And it's yeah. Game on. Game on. And and he seeked that out. And there's so many stories of him stopping by UCB, stopping yeah. by the Comedy Store. Whenever and uh, even up in Mill Valley, there's the Throckmorton Theater, and he would stop by uh, that theater and clubs up there. He he loved being around comics. But, he had, you, he had but, to do it. But again, you're, you're talking about, it, it's really like talking about someone who suddenly got pneumonia and died mm-hmm. and then going, what the hell? They were three months ago. They were healthy. Well, yeah, they were better three months ago. And then they got this illness, got worse. And gotcha. It's the same phenomenon. Do, do Dick Cavett said it great. Dick Cavett goes, look, he goes, how could you have a successful TV show and have it all in relationships and whatever? And, and, and you're depressed. How is that possible? He goes, it's like asking me, how could I have the flu? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a brain disorder. It's a brain disease, and it's a medical condition. It's like anything else, and it affects a different organ than we're accustomed to thinking about. Are we? And and when, and when people say things like, "Well, it's a sensitive topic," we're adding to stigma. It's bullshit. It's just brain, mm-hmm. just like your heart. Hearts get sure. too. And or we say, "Well, he's battling his demons." 
please. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like Theodoric of York. You must have, you must have, like middle oh age, my middle God, wow. barber going, Good reference. He's, <laughs> drink, drink two oh, if you're playing at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was, Steve that, Martin. Sorry, yeah. I bust out a Grendel <laughs> reference next. Good Lord. Uh, how, how many, uh, though, I mean, ridiculous and just, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I guess theories are you hearing about this as uh, not, not that many okay. and it, it's really pretty pretty much what we're talking about mm-hmm. people uh, is pretty much the conversation I've had everywhere well I mean is, I, I, I guess that if there's anything that could be out of this that's he, good is that he, people he is, realize listen I will tell you something I, I've been re- trying to use media to raise awareness about medical stuff and mental mm-hmm. health issues yeah you're doing for a 30 years that. I've never seen anything like this. I've yeah. never, not just in terms of everybody wanting to talk about it, but suddenly people going, "Hey, by the way, I had a major. I, I, I you know, I was depressed. Let's right. talk about it. I'll tell you about my depression." And, and we had a guy on my radio show last night, on my television show last night, suddenly go, "Yeah, I was severely depressed. I was doing drugs and got some treatment. I feel great now." But, but man, I, and he talked. He had never spoken about it before to anybody publicly. And I, I'm, why is that? How, He's given depression his depression such a. It's a stigma. Listen, I yeah. talk about my shit all the time. I've got generalized anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I've got exercise bulimia. I had panic attacks when I was depressed in college. And man, was I depressed in college. Yeah. And uh, it sucks. Yeah. It blows to have brain stuff going on. And you don't want to talk it about it because you. what? It, it seems I'll like something's wrong it. with you, no, right? I talk is that about what time? I don't, I don't sure. Shit, but I'm saying you, but like most people. I, I guess people feel stigma. Yeah. Do they, it, is, it, is, it a, is it almost associated with a sign of weakness, do you think? Weakness, or or there's something wrong with the personhood? Which is you know, totally false. Which is totally false. I mean, yeah. there can be stuff wrong with the person, and it, that is mm-hmm. a brain phenomenon, too. But that manifests into how you behave and how you treat people and things like that. So how did you, you said you had some depressive... Uh, oh, man, I had, I had uh, oh, I was totally mismanaged, too. It's, I think what got me involved in, in particularly treating young adults and adolescents and educating them, because... Oh my God, was I mismanaged? And I suffered for a couple of years. Mismanaged? What do you mean? Like, they're just horrible. Like, first thing, mis- first thing happened to me was I went to the medical doctor at the, at the hospital, you know, at the, at the, at the college, and he goes, uh, what do you, you need to take some, you need to get your shit together. Take some long walks in the woods or something and start, start playing tennis. You know, I'm like, okay. I, 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 the, you know, I'm happy that would make you if I could even just go do that, yeah. let, alone, mm-hmm. let alone have that change my affects. Yeah. And, I was, and I was sort of bewildered and, and shocked and felt ashamed. And I and then I felt like there was something wrong with me. Like, well, I tried to go do that. Like, that did shit. Yeah. 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 And uh, and then people did start giving me medication, wrong medicine. And uh, so, you know, come on. Wow. And, and I had lots of. And, and then I had, by the way, then I eventually went to therapy years later. And mm-hmm. I did therapy for a decade. Would you? Oh, it was awesome. Highly. Did. Oh, uh, yeah. But so I did it. I did it. You know, I don't think it's for everybody what I did. What I what I did was, you know, a very, very complete sort of course. So it was almost an education yeah. in a way of clearing certain things I needed to clear up mm-hmm. to be able to do my work and stuff. But therapy, do you think it is a, a necessity for people who are even having uh, a, a smidgen of depressive uh, behavior? Uh, well, I, I do. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that, but in terms mm-hmm. of outcome studies, if you have a diagnosed depression, you're more likely to have a full remission if, if, it's, if it's some psychiatric treatment, some kind of biological treatment, and therapy. Wow. And if you're afraid of the biological treatment, fine. Get the therapy. Go. I, I, I think the stigma with therapy is that, well, it's just someone talking to me. How is that going to get yeah, or, me better? Or they go, no, I'm not going to listen to somebody else tell me how to live my life. Sure. No. Right. And by the way, they don't, a good therapist doesn't even say anything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they just sit there and listener. listen. Yeah. Like and they go. attune their body to your body. It's being in the presence of another 
highly empathically. Yeah, what is it about that that you just? It's a, brains heal brains, hmm. or bodies heal bodies. Really, so and, crazy. And people lose track. You know, we've been talking about brain disease here, but the reality is, when it comes to psychology and interpersonal interactions, that's bodily. That's two bodies being close. That's our autonomic nervous system tuning to each other. Yeah. That's magic. That's now, really interesting stuff. Now, that's uh, another topic, another day. Of yeah, course. Yeah, um, I love, yeah. I a book on that, by the way. Are you really? The editor has it, so it may come out. Do you want any personal stories from when I went to um, uh, divorce counseling as a uh, uh, child from uh, that? And how uh-oh. I, I... Well, see, I... That's the only type of therapy I've ever been involved That's, with. Yeah, couples therapy is different. But no, it was, the, it was me. Well, you. Just me. My, and was, how old were you? Uh, Ten. And it was this uh, heavy set dude with a beard who had a mini uh, basketball hoop on his door. And every time I would want to shoot hoops and not talk to him and finally be like, he's like, so how do you feel about uh, about your uh, your your uh, you know dad not yeah. fucking your mom anymore? No, he wouldn't say that. But, <laughs> yeah. but, he would, but he was just like, how do you feel about everything that's going on? And I just was like, why am I going to talk to you, man? I just met you 10 seconds ago well, as a 10-year-old. He didn't play basketball with you for a while. No, well, he let me shoot on his hoop. And then he would finally go, uh, you can't shoot until you talk to me about this. But I would sit there quietly. Wiley, my mom would be like, he says you're not talking to him. I was like, Mom, why am I going to talk to this guy? The movie Antoine Fisher? Yes. Remember what he did there? Yes. He made the guy sit in his office for months. Yeah. Wow. That, that, was a, that to me was a genius yeah. move and a genius rendition yeah. of how these things work. Now, if you're working with a young adolescent killer, he should have gone outside and played basketball with you. Really? Mm. You, 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 you and that would have made me, yeah. You go work along, You work alongside. Yeah. You don't look face, face-to-face for young males is threatening. But, you know, that's turned me off from even because uh, I've, I've thought about, uh, I've had some down days. This business is obviously down days, but I've always uh, bottled up so much of that stuff and been like, yo, just get over this. Tomorrow's well, a new day. Well, you can. I've never opened myself. Is more, let, let, let's sort of distinguish between a psychological state and a medical problem. Yeah. You know, if you have two weeks of unrelenting, let's let's list the, the yeah. You have you have energy, no energy. You have shame and guilt, mm-hmm. and no, and no ability to enjoy things, and no hope for the future. And you're you may or may not be sad. Sadness isn't always even part of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you may feel anxious. You may have panic attacks. You may be irritable. You may feel uh, you can't eat or you want to eat too much. You may want to sleep too much or you can't sleep at all. I've maybe had the, two days in a row the, of stuff the like hall- that. Everyone's had some yeah. of that. The, the yeah. hallmark is early awakening. You're, you, can't, you, you go to sleep, but you wake up three hours later and you can't go back to sleep. That's mm-hmm. the hallmark of depression. And if you have some combination of these things, these things go into more than a couple of weeks, well, that's something to look into. And, and, um, and to get back to what we were talking about earlier, the first order of business is getting a medical, thorough medical exam because that could be thyroid disease, it could be a tumor somewhere, it could be a million things. Number and we things. need to rule those things out first, yeah. then look at the brain. Or yeah. getting Phil Cohen's greatest hit CD because every track on that album makes you feel good. <laughs> that, that, that's absolutely true. Um, I like Fart Barf. <laughs> so I just found out about them. They're awesome. By the way, greatest name for a band of all time. That's real? <laughs> Fart Barf? Oh, they're awesome. i got to look them up now. And they wear primate masks. Yeah. Never, never see their face. Right. They performed at the Improv. Yes, well, they I'll, did. I'll have to go see Did it. you go to that? Yes, I did. Wow. Uh, <laughs> he's living a way better life than yeah, outside of brain. Uh, I don't know about now, that. Now, if, if people are listening to this and they have a friend that they think is severely depressed, yeah. uh, has gone through some trauma in their past, but they're, well, not, but they're not addressing it. They're saying, I don't need therapy. How are ways that you can kind of guide people in the right direction? It's to, hard. To, uh, you, know, yeah. it, it, you just got to get them in the office somehow. And, mm-hmm. and I think the important thing is, you know, the, the thing I always say is keep your eyes on them. Don't right. let them isolate. Right. And if you think that there's a real chance that they could be intending self-harm or even contemplating it or start giving stuff away and he really worries you, 
you you call the cops or you call a hospital. You get them, have them taken. Isn't that so much easier said than done? I know it is. Listen, I I and and when I say stuff like that all the time, people rarely do it, and they're dead people because they don't. Yeah. Yeah, If you if you call the cops and say, "Hey, my friend is showing signs of suicide," what do what do they do? They come put them on, then talk to them. You can get Mm -hmm. also a pet team and a psychiatric emergency team, and they will come do an evaluation and put them on a hold, take them against their will. And 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 in three days things pass. And, and, I mean, and for people out there, and that, by the way, that seems, then they get engaged in treatment oftentimes. Yeah, right. And f- for some people, they think like, oh, well, what if they hate me for doing that? Well, but then if you don't do anything, what are the other consequences? You, you can't worry about that. You're, you're yeah. saving somebody's life. The the it happens a lot with addiction where people right. are really on the edge. And I say, look, throw them in the car or call the cop. People, the only person that did exactly what I said mm-hmm. was Johnny Knoxville. Okay. I said, I said, dude, you have. You have tied Steve up a million times, mm-hmm. get some duct tape, tie him up, throw him in the trunk, take him to the hospital. Here's the, here's the hospital I want him to go to, and just go to the emergency room and tell no him this shit. guy was going to drive his motorcycle off the building, and he's manic and he's crazy, and, and they'll save his life. He, Johnny Knoxville saved his life in that <laughs> moment, because we all he had this email throughout where he was <laughs> describing what he was going to do. You had to find that somewhere. No shit. We were all no. like, oh, my God, any second now, this is done. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny called me. I was like, dude, go, go get him. Um, this my truck. How was that? <laughs> and, and now, now Steve-O's doing amazing. Oh well. my God, Steve-O is a is a uh, the rare that people go through the kind of massive transformation. The he full, seems so full. Mellow. That's what I call a full recovery. Yeah, yeah. the full recovery. Yeah, in that, all respect. He was able to talk pretty can- like when he did our podcast. He was able to talk. First of all, he was just so calm, and I was like, yeah. man, this is. Believe it's the same guy. Yeah. But he was able to talk so candidly and articulately about like that st- that version of himself. Yeah, no, like, he has man. full insight. He knows what he's doing. He knows, and he knows he could go back. Now, uh, with suicide, like they, everyone, they were talking about like uh, there was one issue that got uh, blown up is why he didn't leave a note or anything like that. And, and that's and, what I was telling you about the magnitude, the suddenness of this thing. That's this, why this, it wasn't a thing that he thought out yeah, for this, a long that's time. That's why you know this wasn't something brewing for a while mm-hmm. that people could have anticipated quite this way. It was like, oh. Fuck this. Because so, they're saying second. because there's no note, we have no further insight into why he did it. But I guess that's... I, I, the, the circumstance tells me all I need to know. And, and I think the autopsy will tell it, inform us more than anything. Does because anything, I keep saying it's a medical problem. Does anything say anything in terms of there's a report that came out that he initially tried to slash his wrists, failed? It's just, again, it's just that, then, that, that desperation. I got wow. I to get out of this. I can't stand it. And, the, and is the, uh, the fix it, that's like the quickest way to... But when people do that... That hanging without a note and stuff, that, mm-hmm. that's that moment. That's that, you know, I've, I've seen it both people that struggle for a long, 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 long time, and then all of a sudden, wham, they do it. And I've seen it in people who, out of the blue, just do that. Wow. I mean, in, in no time when they're taking the belt off and setting things up. They're not getting, in the right head. They're not. They're not the brain is yeah. disordered. Wow. It's like the drug addict grabbing the heroin, you know, knowing the, whatever. And the only thing to do have bro- uh, broken him off that path of thinking would have been some sort of. Somebody sitting on him. Somebody acts, you know, but for the grace of God, walking in and going, to Jesus, that thought yeah, process. you got to sit on him. Not just, you would take him to the hospital, put him in a locked door, and don't talk to him. Just Do you think he was even uh, showing signs of the, dep- I mean, because he was with his wife the night prior, or the uh, day prior. I mean, you know, hopefully she, I, I'm sure he was depressed. She's probably looking back at trying to find now, like, at moments where I, she should I'm certain he was depressed, but I'm, mm-hmm. with the way people are talking about it, it sounds like he was depressed, but not suicidal. It was not that depressed. Now, what does that like, mean? I mean... Just, and by the way, suicide, suicidality can be a prominent symptom. Some people, it, there's a genetic component to suicidality, too. Some wow. people, it's a prominent feature of their depression. Some mm-hmm. people never get it with their depression. Some people have it with limited depression. Uh, and some people only with the most severe depressions. It, it, it has different 
it's a symptom, and it has different circumstances in which it develops. You're saying depressive but not suicidal. So what point of the depressive state should you be like honing in, being like, all right, there, there's a possibility of the... Well, when they can't function, you've got to get them somewhere. I mean, if they, if they are... If they really they're losing weight, they can't eat, they they mm-hmm. you know can't sleep, and they, and they can't go to work, or they can't Days they're, they're irritable, yeah. they're agitated. They just get, so people around him who are like, yeah, he seems pretty down, but he's go, not going to do it. But not, we don't need to step in yet. You're allowed to do drugs until you die. You're allowed to be depressed. You know, there's no way mm-hmm. to force people into treatment, and I guess that's okay. But and the uh, the uh, suicide prevention hotline. Have you seen yeah, that those, that those do work. excellent listening. work? Yeah, yeah, active listening works. Active any any non isolation, any contact. Brains heal other brains. If you can get in contact with a brain that's available, you know, right. listens, uh, it's, you're better. You get better. Wow. It may not remit the whole process. I mean, you need sort of a medical management, but mm-hmm. by medical, I mean professional. I mean, a psychologist or a psychiatrist or both, preferably. Uh, and getting people in, you know, and, and then the other part of this is two other, two other big important points. Yeah. One is, uh, you know, in spite of best efforts, just like trying to treat cancer or heart disease, these are fatal fatal conditions and, yeah. sh- and you in spite of good treatment best efforts people die that's just the way it is mm-hmm. that's that's the nature of the condition number one number two my other concern is the is when celebrities get special treatment yeah you know if he, I, tmz reported that he was seeing a spiritual guy yeah. or something mm. if that's true those people never take responsibility for what they did they are never called to task and whenever you get special treatment because you're a celebrity, because you don't want to do the real treatment, mm, right. standard of care is the standard of care because it's the best. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. it's the standard of care. As soon as you move away from the standard of care, it's, who knows? Right. And, you, and if you're a celebrity, you typically get sycophantic, special care that's shitty. And you, so bad things happen. So if a guy's standard, yeah. if, 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 that, if the spiritual outcomes were the way to go, I mean, I have a spiritual component of, sure. that I advise to patients that they follow, but if... A spiritual guide was necessary. Well, we would have that's, that in. Yeah, that's what we would do. Yeah, yeah. But, or if that were the only thing that was necessary, that's what we do. There's zero evidence that these people. It's a medical problem. Yeah. It'd be like me, you know, shaking a, throwing a, 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 a tiki in the volcano, yeah. you know, and, and saying, "Well, that's it. You're done. Right. You're cured." It's like, well, so. So I mean, so basically, if we can sort of summarize, yeah. is get help. Search help, seek help. And don't then give up. Don't, don't give be, up. And then don't, don't be afraid isolate. of it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't stigmatize it. Don't blame the person. Don't mm-hmm. be angry with the person. Don't be angry with yourself. It's a medical problem. You would do, think to yourself, what would this be if they were complaining about chest pain? Or they were vomiting, or they right. were, or they had a knee pain. Yeah. Well, what would you do differently? I see, Why do we treat yeah. the brain differently? I see, I, I see a lot of people. They, 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 they say it's such a selfish act. Yeah, that's the other thing that's going around. And yeah. uh, here's the thing about it: two two things about selfish. A, I challenge anybody in severe pain not to be thinking about themselves. If right. you if you if I cut your arm off, you're going to be behave rather selfishly. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about that mostly. Maybe? Okay, yeah, you're going to be and, thinking and, about what and, I'm going to have for dinner. The pain, yeah. the pain that the brain is perceiving in depression is very similar to that kind of pain. Mm-hmm. There's an area called the insular cortex that gives the charge of pain, and that's firing off like crazy when when people are depressed. So they are in misery. The misery component is so overwhelming they can't think about anything. They're not but thinking themselves. about their kids. Or they their they co- can't. They're, yeah. they're they're trying to survive the moment in the pain. And then number two. Um, they start feeling like they're a burden to their loved ones. They'll, they will be oh, better shit. off without me. They'll be better oh, off without me. Better shit. off without me. They, For real? Oh, routinely. That's yeah. how they think. Well, that seems like reason enough to just then. Then you. Pull what the do plug. you say? What are you, why are you alive? And what? Why are you alive? Yeah. yeah. Um, lastly, real quick. So, just because again, you said it's more disease uh, uh, than than the you think the business contributing to all this. Yeah. But for like Brad and I, uh, you're, you're screwed. 
Both <laughs> okay. Well, we've known go. that for a long time. Well, uh, listen and subscribe and rate to the podcast now, people. <laughs> well, uh, who knows? Right, yeah. Who knows how long it'll be around? So. Yeah. But I mean, uh, can I fill in for Adam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, I, I guess I, you're going first. Apparently, if I didn't end it during my uh, career at Universal Studios, and I think I'm okay because <laughs> that seems walking around looking at myself in the mirror with giant fake sideburns and a fake ab chest and heavy set yeah. Latino women being nice. like, "Oh, Wolverine, uh, you want to come home?" Like if that wasn't reason enough for me to pull it. Oh yeah. God. Um, well, thanks for taking time. My pleasure. Yeah, it's important, was... and here we are. You know, he, this this got you guys out to go talk about it, and I think that's great. That's it's good. definitely. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Made, I mean, you know, it's it's opened uh, a lot of people's eyes, and definitely yeah. made Brandon more sensitive to just uh, a lot of the um, uh, issues concerning like pain and just and 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 being depressed and and, and trying to open our eyes to people around us. Because yeah, I mean, paying attention when someone says we are. Around, I mean, I can already think of four people. One specifically who's. Had who's uh, you know ma- even made some attempts uh, and uh, and I've talked previous attempts I've predict- talked to her and I'm I'm now I've already reached out since this good Pre- to- previous attempts predict future attempts so really I mean middle aged males you know really likely to complete a, a, a suicide do people who have attempted and see something like that does that make them more like oh see Robin Williams feels yeah, there my are, pain there is a there are interestingly what seems to be happening is people are feeling a sense of relief rather than copycat that's what I'm seeing okay hard to predict which way it's going to go mm-hmm. I talked to Jeffrey Lieber yesterday who's the head was the head of the American Psychiatric Association he's a professor at Columbia University Medical School and he said you know poor Robin Williams but if you wrote out you know what his conditions were he was a marked man for suicide chest mm-hmm. surgery cardiac disease addiction history of depression white male middle late middle age that no that adds shit. up wow. to likely suicide wow and then I'm telling you there's gonna be something else I just know it there's gonna be some other thing here I, either medication or something or a yeah. medical problem but uh, th- this autopsy will be what informs why the sudden massive mess wow it's, uh, it's it's definitely a horrible thing but it's uh the one silver lining is that it does bring more awareness uh, yeah. does bring more no, he's awareness he's giving us a gift it's now we're talking he's about us a gift. Absolutely. we got i mean i'm just grateful that we got him for as long as we did yeah. you know what i mean the, the amount of body of work mm-hmm. and you have to look at it like that thanks for taking time okay, you bet. uh next time oh, we'll talk about by the way, my wife says thank you for doing her podcast calling out with susan pinsky oh said, be sure to mention it to well, can i do it or can she done do- and done adam come uh, it's gonna happen. next time we'll talk about something more positive like when will the spice girls get back together <laughs> Thanks, Drew. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.